it's been a great week. I've uh, I've enjoyed watching it. Um, y'all have had some really great points and great uh, commentary back and forth with all of y'all uh, entering in you know to the com- conversation and just opening yourselves up to um, sharing the word, sharing personal testimony. Yeah, and everything. I love all y'all. I'm excited to be here. Interact. I enjoy interaction. Um, Hi, Michael. Love you, Barrett. Oh, Corey's home now. Just kidding. Corey's oh. not in Florida anymore. Um, congratulations to having your husband back, Brandy. <laughs> Thanks for sharing him. Um, but it's going to be a great day. I've had. I've been looking forward to sharing on this word, just because I'm someone who's. I've got it, like every person, probably. Um, yeah, I've got a past with fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all know. Most of y'all by now know me and have heard uh, some of my testimony and know that um, I was very scared of people, very intimidated, did not want to speak to people, did not want to be seen like if I could be, you know, if I could blend in with the wall, then I was a happy girl. Um, Very fearful of people, fearful of heights, fearful of snakes, like, you know, just a fearful person. Uh, And then Jesus. So we're going to kind of talk about that some today. And talk about, it's so important to know, you know, Second Timothy tells us that God's not given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Yeah. And we need to know what He's given us and what He mm-hmm. hasn't given us. And it's so important to know, okay, God's not given me the spirit of fear. Well, if God's not given me the spirit of fear, then why is it here? Well, it's not because God wants it there, and I mean... None of us should enjoy fear. We may tend to, I mean, glass house, we can have some addictions to fear because it's kind of our norm. And it's like, well, if I'm not fearing, something feels off. And I was there for a while. It's like, if I'm not fearing something, then it's not okay. It's kind of, you know, when I first started ministering before people, it's like, you mean I can talk to people and be bold and not be scared? This is crazy. But... When I got a hold of 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says, God's not given me the spirit of fear, but of power. Like, I'm allowed, but I'm also expected as a child of God to walk in power. I'm allowed and expected to walk in love and in a sound mind. Yeah. You know, one thing as, as a mama, that sound mind part really spoke to me. Power and love, I got that. The sound mind, okay, that makes sense. But when I became a mama, that sound mind really went to another level. You know, the world will say it's normal for mamas to worry. It's normal for mamas to be fearful. And it's like, and I heard that and I probably said it or something. But when I heard it as I became a mama with our firstborn, Abby, I was like, that just, it doesn't line up with the word. Yeah. And that's where Second Timothy really became alive to me. Like I'd gotten a hold of it, meditated on it. But when I had Abby, it really came alive to me because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm supposed to have a sound mind. God didn't give me fear. Then I don't need to have fear over my child either. Yeah. In fact, the best thing I can do for my child is to walk in power, to be a strong, anointed, bold woman of God. The best thing I can do for my child is to walk in love and perfect love cast out fear. Well, if perfect love cast out fear and God is love and I have love and he's not given me a spirit of fear, then how in the world 
do I need to have fear over my child? Like that doesn't even make sense, you know? And so I got a hold of that and I recognized fear is not something I need to manage. It's not something I need to cope with. It's not something I need to control. I'm told to resist it. I'm told to reject it and eject it out of my life. Get it out of my life. Over 500 times, the word tells us, do not fear. It deals with the spirit of fear. It you know talks about fear is wrong, fear is bad, don't fear, how to get rid of fear, fear not. You know, Over 500 times, fear, the subject of fear is discussed in the word of God. And so we've got to recognize if God didn't give it to me, it's not mine. But if God did give it to me, then I'm going to grab a hold of it and I'm going to embrace it. And that's that love. That's that power. That's that sound mind that we're to, you know, walk in with. And, you know, I think about uh, Creflo Dollar had a really good uh, message. He preached one time. Pastor and I got to go see him in Charlotte. Phenomenal message. Somewhere, I think I have the CDs um, to listen to it. And it was so awesome because his watch actually broke that day. And so when he's preaching up a storm, and I mean, we're just like engrossed in it. And every one of us, including uh, Brother Creflo, lost track of time. And he looked down, he's like, well, I don't know what time it is. I don't know how long I've been going, but we got more. So we're going to keep going. You know, and, but he was talking about love is like the curtain bar on which everything hangs. And it's like, okay, if God is love, then every good thing hangs on God, right? Mm-hmm. Because every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And if God is love, that means everything hangs on love. Faith worketh by love, mm-hmm. right? Well, likewise, every negative thing hangs on fear. Wow. And it's kind of like if somebody gets angry, ask yourself when you get angry, what am I really angry about? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I'm trying to think of, <coughs> I don't know. <coughs> Somebody spilled something. Um, or I'll give you one. Um, get angry with somebody at work. I can, I can do this one. You know, not that I'm angry at somebody at work. <laughs> but I can think of this one. Like, it's been a while since anybody spilled anything that I got angry about. You know, but. Is it Joni? It's, shh, don't tell her. I wasn't going to throw any you, names out, but you know. You know you went there too, Joni. Joni's right here. They work together. And she, Joni literally went, wow. She, she says, wow. <clears throat> um, it's, I wasn't thinking of Joni, but now that we mention it. <laughs> But you know, you get mad at somebody um, at work. Well, why are you mad at them? Well, because I've already told them about this. Okay, so why? It's like, ask yourself. I've, I talked to somebody recently. It's like, ask yourself five whys. You know, to really get to the root. Why, why are you angry? Well, because, you know, Joni did this. Okay, well, why are you angry about that? Well, because I told her how to do it right. Okay, well, why are you angry about that? Well, because I already told her and she wasted my time. Well, why are you mad about that? And what do you get down to really is there's the fear that it won't change. The fear that my time is going to be wasted. She's not going to listen. I'm going to have to do this again and again. And it's, you know, anger is rooted in fear. Yeah. You know, negative things are rooted in fear. Sorrow is rooted in fear. Pity, rooted in fear. All of that mess is rooted in fear. If it's not love, it's not God, and it's not mine. So we need to recognize the root 
of what it is that we're dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love this. Honestly, I I feel like we're just having a chat right now. <laughs> like ca- counseling. <laughs> counseling. Counseling with Pastor Nicole. <laughs> like this is what it feels like cuz you're you're like breaking it down so much right now on yeah. like a um, on such an uh, applicable level. So I really appreciate this. This is really awesome. Well, I had to deal with it. And, you know, it's if you break it down, it's kind of eating the elephant. You know, if you break it down into bite-sized pieces, it's much easier to eat. Yeah. Um, and so I had to I had to deal with that. I had to deal with fear, you know. And it's, you know, thinking about, like, as a mama, you know, with Abby. Most of y'all know Abby's uh, testimony by now. But... Okay, so everything sounds hunky-dory. God is love, kumbaya. You know, if it's love, it's God. If it's not love, it's not God. But love disciplines and love warns, too. So it's not that everything love is warm and fuzzy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, God does warn. But here's the difference. When the enemy comes along, fear comes in, and it's like, Oh, no, what am I going to do? And what if this happens? And our minds immediately go to 16 steps forward, worst case scenario. Mm. But when God comes in and he warns us of something, there's that peace that passes understanding. There's that confidence, that knowing there's a resolution already at hand. There's that love that it's like, okay, we need to deal with this, but this is already done. And we're going to do that. And that's what happened with Abby. You know, when she had her issue is we got called over the speaker to come. We had heard the code. We, by this point, we've been at the hospital long enough. We knew what the flatline code was. So we knew somebody had flatlined. Next thing we know, somebody looks at us, pale face. It was the um, reception dude. And looks at us pale face and says, Mr. and Mrs. Wright, we need you upstairs on the cardiac floor that Abby was on as a a three-month-old baby. And uh, we rose up. So, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out flatline code, white face, because you've already, you've already developed a relationship with the guy in the waiting room, and he looks at you, and it's like you could see his heart sink. And um, so we figured out that code was probably for us. Well, it was the most amazing thing, like even to this day. Neither one of us entered into fear. Like we stood up and a moment we stood up, we knew, I don't know what this is, but I know the outcome of this. Yeah. And we just knew this was handled. That was God telling us, look, there is a problem that has manifested, but there is already a solution that took over. The problem did manifest. We're not saying fear isn't real. Fear is just full of fake lies. Fear is just full of fake facts, but God's love is full of superseding truth. And so that's what, you know, we entered into. We went to the, um, we went to the little room where they had us separated out, guards, armed guards standing there. It doesn't look like it's a good situation. And uh, we went in and we just hit our, hit our knees in prayer. And it's like, all right, Lord, but here's the thing. We didn't plead with the Lord. Oh, God, save my baby. Oh, God, if you'll just. Like, we didn't plead with him. We weren't negotiating. We don't negotiate with terrorists. I'm not going to negotiate with the enemy. You know, and I'm not going to negotiate with God. 
you know, pleading for a fragment when I know God's already given me the fullness. Yeah. You know, and so instead we sat down and we started praising him. We went to work in prayer and in love praising him because it's the faith that moves God, fear that moves the enemy. We were going to move God on our behalf. We already knew healing was ours. Healing was our daughter's. He breathed life into her. He ordained her to be here. So we already had the word. She's called to have a long and satisfying life. So we didn't have to question what's supposed to happen. He breathes life into that child. That child's meant to live. Yeah. Right? So we already know what's going to happen. We have God's word on it that he breathes life, that he gives a long and satisfying life. So we knew what to stand on. Yeah. So now what we do is we go to work in prayer of, Lord, you are so good. Thank you for this child. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we know by his stripes she was healed. We know, Lord, you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So, Father, we clear out anything of our mind that's not of you. We stand in power and we command the healing, that sozo, the fullness of our salvation to go to work in our lives and in the lives of our infant child. You know, so God will come and he will give you warnings. But even in that, it's almost like a bold faith. And y'all, at this point, I was still a fearful person. Like I wasn't who I am now. Um, and I'm not saying I've arrived. I still have stuff to work on. But back then, Abby's, what year is this? Abby's, you know, 21 now, almost, you know, almost 22. So this is a few years ago. I was very young in my faith. Yeah. But God's mercy was so amazing. Like I really didn't melt down until after we got home. And it was just, it was amazing to watch. If you'll give yourself to the word and you'll put that word in you, when you don't even know you need it, that word goes to work. And that yeah. word, that faith will rise up in you when you don't even need it because God's there strengthening you. But you've got to put in the word. You've got to put in love. Perfect love cast out fear. If God is love, I can't cast out fear with that love if I'm not putting God in, if I'm not fellowshipping with God, if I'm not praying to God, if I'm yeah. not getting in his word, if I'm not getting in praise, all of that is putting God in. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I had the blessing of, you know, dating and marrying an anointed man of God. He wasn't walking it when we started dating. But when I got saved in 1996, when I got saved, it's like he had his come to Jesus, come back to Jesus moment of, oh, snap, I'm responsible for somebody now, Mm -hmm. you know, and as he got back in the word, man, I cut my teeth on Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, uh, Brother Keith Moore, like I cut my teeth on some prime rib steak, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was because of that, because I jumped into faith. Because I put in that word and I meditated on that word day and night that even though I wasn't where I needed to be all day, when I needed to be somewhere, God had me there. You know, when when pastor needed to be somewhere, God had him there. And in that moment, when our child's life is on the line, we can either, you know, cave to fear and curl up in the fetal position like Marky did when she (laughs) spoiled the surprise. (laughs) 
That's so true. <laughs> not throwing shade or anything. I was literally a ball on the floor. <laughs> you know, we can, when, when opportunities come and, you know, Satan comes knocking on the door, we can either ball up in the fetal position of, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Help me, Lord. Or we can rise up in faith and go, I know who I am in God. I know the word of the Lord. I know what he has told me. I know my promises. I know who you are, Satan, and you're a liar. Mm -hmm. And call him out. Like you don't negotiate with fear, but you absolutely call it out. No, no, this is fear and I'll take no part in it. I'll take part in the word of God. What is what is the word of God say? What he says, that's my reality. And you grab a hold of that. And look, if it's only one scripture, maybe you can't think of anything more than God loves me. I can't think of a scripture. My mind's gone blank, but I know I sang this song. You know, Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. If that's where you are, praise God, you're there. Praise God, you at least know that God loves you because knowing God loves you, man, that'll change the world. You know, I mean, we've gone through stuff together as, you know, you've been here for four years now, four and a half years. Mm -hmm. We've gone through good, bad, ugly, you know, laughs, tears. But it was knowing we loved you that got you through the rough days, mm-hmm. was it not? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah it wasn't um, like it, it wasn't just the ministry, just the calling, just the it wasn't the preaching necessarily that kept me here. It was the love that yeah. kept me here. It was you guys that kept me here knowing that I had family. I had people who actually loved me. It wasn't just all about um, the other stuff. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But there would, I would venture to say, knowing you. <laughs> you can use me. You're knowing totally some allowed. Ex- <laughs> no. Use me as an example. Well, I know you're humble enough to definitely, allow me to do this, which is why I can use definitely you. Definitely use me as, as I'm an open book because you have, there's a lot of, ex- of, of examples you could use. Well, but Marky's been an open book with y'all. She's done very well at putting herself out here for y'all to learn through her and, and not to shift gears too much but y'all should praise God for this broadcast and for the people that are on here day in and day out I get the opportunity to be a guest speaker today which sounds funny because it's you know it's my church my husband um but I am a guest speaker Holy Spirit has me for now in a secular job and you've got people here who've been called to be on lunch plus and y'all should praise God for them you should pray for them and lift them up and you should esteem what they say and the experiences that they share with you because I know the Marky that came four years ago never would have shared with you some of the things that I've heard her share and over the past four years she's given herself to hunger and humility and a love of the kingdom that's had her open herself up to y'all so that y'all can learn through her mistakes and like like I she's not arrived She's got room to grow like I have room to grow, but we can talk openly today because mm-hmm. you have given yourself to that, and I thank you for it, and I wanted to pro- publicly um, pro- you know, just profess my appreciation thank of you because, I mean, Joni and I, you know, many days, Joni and I will sit at lunch, and we'll stop for lunch for the broadcast, and you know, I don't always get to finish it all at once. I usually have to go back and listen to it, but there are things that I'll sit on here, I'm like, Man, nah. 
Like the words that y'all give will be right on time. That fresh word, that fresh revelation. And I've heard so much of it spoken through like, you know, you and Abby and Buddy, not just pastor, you know, Barrett and Serena, Hannah, not just pastor, but these young men and women ministers of God. And I thank you for that because we'll, we'll fillet you today in some ways but thank you <laughs> thank you for allowing us to do that we'll be gentle it's it's you just you know but <laughs> you've talked about this before you know you've been an overthinker yes so, yes very much so tell me anytime when overthinking or thinking through the fear when did that get you through it just got me to more fear. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thinking my way within the fear, just, it just, it's like in the movies when someone's in quicksand <laughs> and they're trying to get out of the quicksand and they just go deeper in. <laughs> did anybody else think, I don't know if your generation saw as much quicksand as mine did. I know, like, <laughs> I know my generation saw plenty of quicksand in movies. I really thought quicksand was a big deal. I'm, I'm thinking, yes. at some point in my life, I'm going to have to deal with quicksand. It's so good that I've watched all these these TV shows that told me about what to do with quicksand. Yes. Once. Also, I apparently it's not quite like it is in the movies. Like I, I don't know what it's like, but I think I've heard it. someone say it wasn't. It's not really like that the way that it is in the movies. Closest I've gotten is beach sand when it gets water. <laughs> my foot sinks in. But yeah, I thought Dangerous. quicksand was going to be a big deal. And stop, drop, and roll. Yes. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. Yes. None of it. Movies did not prepare it. No. The only stop, <laughs> drop, and roll I've done has been in the Holy Spirit at church. <laughs> That's true. That's Some very real. plenty of that. <laughs> That's very real. <laughs> I know. Um, is Hannah live? Yeah. We can put her live. Up? Yeah. Hannah, has uh, any of your thinking helped you get out of fear? It's funny you bring it up because I was just, I believe the Holy Spirit was bringing up something that I just went through and Pastor Nicole was like right there with me through pretty much the whole part um, and the temptation is to get in your head the, the enemy the only place he can fight you is in your soul like yeah. if he can get a, a thought planted in your mind and you meditate on that then all that's going to do is quite literally manifest something in the natural that's not supposed to be there that's the only way he can win is to get you deceived in your mind and if you're overthinking in your head all the time then he's got you he's got you whipped every yeah. time you can't win by by thinking on the problem thinking on the problem thinking on the problem it doesn't work i've just genuinely always thought like it's been like my instinct is um i gotta figure it out yeah i like, gotta figure it out like something's yeah. wrong figure out the problem and honestly i part of my um the way naturally i am is i'm kind of a um problem solver like i i i find inaccuracies issues and that can be a good thing like yeah. the lord at times uses it to find things and fix them yes but you know like people say a strength can be in the natural a strength yes. can be a spiritual weakness like it can be like or I don't, maybe that's not the well, best way of also it. the things that the enemy knows god will use for your good he'll try to twist yeah. you know mm -hmm. so the word he gave to eve that god gave to eve Satan came in. He's like, let me take this word that God gave and let me twist it. Yeah. 
Yes. I mean, you are a good problem solver. Like, I'll find, like, I'll, if there's any type of flaw or anything, like, praise God, I can usually find it. But then it's made my whole perspective, like, of everything, just so many flaws, seeing, seeing issues that aren't there in me, in life. Yeah. And it's been, like, um, like, really, um, debilitating i don't know if that's the right word but well it'll limit your it'll limit your impact I'll, I'll fillet me for a minute um but we just got back from an hr retreat and i was talking to my boss's boss and i have a hunger to grow in everything that i'm doing you know and i just laid myself before her um you know verbally verbal commitment and said look i'm i'm hungry to learn i'm hungry to grow She's a woman of faith, so I can speak to her differently than I can most of the organization. And I said, God's called me here. So I'm going to be the best person I can be for Eagle Creek, the company I work for, the best person I can be for the HR department and my team. So I need you to tell me when you see strengths and weaknesses that I need to work on, I want you to let me know. And I honestly, I didn't even know this because I'm similar to you and that I like to... I like to find things and fix them, you know, so, you know, that, that person that finds the pimple and pops it because it's not supposed to be there. I'm the person that if something's out of order, I'm going to straighten it. So I was laughing because during uh, the truth talk, or truth talk, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah, family chat. <laughs> yeah, um, during family chat, what you may or may not have noticed is like this table right here. <laughs> slightly started shifting while Joni was talking because Marky's like soldier crawling on the floor because she's shifting it. <laughs> so it's perfectly squared. It's true. And I was like, nobody else probably noticed that, but I did. And it was like, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> you know, so having things in the right place, you know, like when we first got married, I would honest, I would constantly clean the house and Pastor's like, you just need to stop. You never stop. And uh, I was just constantly in fear, making sure everything was right. The house was right. The finances were right. And I gave myself an ulcer because of it. Because um, I was constantly in fear that everything wasn't right. It's not going to tick and tie. You know, if we mail a bill and it's not mailed two weeks ahead of time, oh gosh, is it going to get there in time? You know, what if it gets there a day late? I'm like wringing my hands. And I mean, just consumed with fear um, because I... I had the fear that everything wasn't going to tick and tie. Mm -hmm. Well, I've grown in that. I'm not fearful like that anymore, but I still like things in order. <laughs> you can't tell by my house with six people in it, but I, Marky knows. Well, like yeah, she, we, She's seen me go, <laughs> you know, because the house isn't in order and somebody's coming over or whatever. We do have like a, a ton of animals, though. <laughs> we, we do. I Lots have, of furry animals. I have um, some, I have a small farm of pets. <laughs> And and four kids and a husband and myself <laughs> with a little schedule. So, anyways, but I like things. I like things ticking and tying and in order. And because of my constant self evaluation and trying to fix everything, I didn't even realize until last week when she told me this. She said, "I saw one weakness that I want you to work on, and I want you to start now." I was like, "Okay." Great, let's fix it. Because I've gotten to the point now that it's like, oh, if there's something wrong, let's get at it. Like, I don't take on condemnation. I'm like, because I may have done it wrong yesterday and today, but tomorrow or starting this moment forward, I'm not getting that wrong again. So I welcome constructive feedback. And uh, I was like, okay, give it to me. 
She's like, I want you to stop saying I messed up. I screwed up. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And I was like, I didn't even realize I did that. Like I could think of a couple of times what I've done is in evaluating that and asking the Lord to show me since she told me that I was like, I was praying on it. Lord, I didn't realize I was doing that. Can you show me? where I've done that and why I've done that. And he showed one is because I still need to relax and it's okay for everything not to be just so. But then secondly, I found that I will kind of lower myself to get on the same level of where people might think they are. So like when I'm working with someone or correcting someone at work, you know, I may Say, well, I've screwed this up so much. I know how you feel. And I need to be more solution-minded than Mm problem-minded. And so my point being, I understand where the analytical mindset can be very good. And you've got to take the strengths that God's given you and use them for His glory, not allow the enemy to take those strengths and twist them. Well, that's just who I am. No, it's not. It's a strength God has given you. If used in the right way. Mm -hmm. And that's where I wanted you to speak to that because you are a thinker and we need thinkers. And we, Hannah's the same way. Like, I can't tell y'all when she first got a hold of really growing in the Lord, man, Pastor, my phone was blowing (laughs) up. I'm talking like two to three times a day. We're getting boxers. Did you know this was in the word? And we're like, yes. (laughs) You know? You know, but that's good. Having somebody that's hungry to grow and to analyze and to see, I can apply this to me. And that's wonderful. But then we can get so much into, well, maybe I need to apply this. Maybe it's because I'm awful. Maybe it's because I'm bad. And then we get to thinking. Yeah. You know, and it's like, don't do that. Don't don't overthink. You know, it's kind of like the donkey that's in the the well. You're not gonna don't you know donkey or the man, whoever. I forget the story. It's it's a well. It's somebody. They're stuck. You're not gonna take a shovel and dig yourself out because every time you shovel, the ground below you goes deeper. You know. So um, you know, with you, you needed to stop thinking. Yeah. Yes, thinking can be good. Analyzing can be good. But when you get to fear and fear rises up, just stop. Immediately go to your shepherd, go to a mentor, somebody that will sharpen you. Like it shouldn't just be your pastors, but you should absolutely go to your pastors. But like here at Boomerang, we have life groups and we've told people, start with your life group leader. You should absolutely have a mentor or, you know, an under shepherd that is there that you can go to. You know, Joni, while yes, I am her pastor, but even if I wasn't her pastor, you know, she's got a person at her work that is a woman of faith that stands boldly on the word. So she should go and say, you know, I was thinking about this and I'd I'd like you to stand with me and, you know, help me. And I I actually took um, my boss's, uh, wise counsel. And I said, I didn't realize I was doing that. Thank you so much. I'd like to submit myself to you and ask you, please stop me mid-sentence. If you see me doing that, stop me mid-sentence because I want to do only what glorifies the Lord. I want to do what only helps helps people and his kingdom. And you need to do that. You know, when Marky would get in those moments 
of, you know, analysis paralysis and overthinking, you know, she's digging the hole. She'd be like, I just need to think, you know, and she'd go off somewhere and, you know, didn't, she wasn't ready to talk. And we're not going to force ourselves on her. We're not going to force that wise counsel on her. But eventually she'd be like, okay, thinking sucks. This isn't working. It's not helping. You know, I thought that this or that. And we could be like, okay, well, what does the word say? Did your thoughts line up with the word of God? And you've got to immediately take your thoughts captive. You don't manage. You don't cope. You don't think about fear. You Mm -hmm. obliterate fear. Mm -hmm. What did what have you seen or done that's helped you to obliterate that fear? Well, we were having one conversation one time, I remember, and I, it was like every single thing that you were telling me, every single thing, I was like combating it. Every single thing, I was like, um, I was like having a yeah, but like I, every single thing, I was like yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about that? And I was. I was honestly like, I think that I need to like pray more or I need to do this more. I need to like, I just kept thinking I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do more. And you were like, you need to stop. Like, like for most people, I don't think that you necessarily like pastors would be like, don't think at all. Like, you, yeah. I know you didn't tell that to everybody, but no. for someone who overthinks or yes. has overthought, you, you were like, you need to not even, when that starts to happen to you, you're like, don't even, this, this was really like, this was really hard for me to like fathom at the time. <laughs> you were like, I don't even want you to figure out like how to pray, yeah. right? And I was like, that feels like heresy. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Because my instant, my instant response was, I need to figure out how to pray right, right now. Like, yeah. what is the right combination of prayer? What is the right verse to meditate on? And then I would just start freaking out because I'm like, I don't know the right verse to meditate on right now. You are works-minded. Very, yeah, very works-minded. So it was instantly, it's all on me. I need to figure out what to, I need to, conf- I probably, it's because I'm not confessing the word enough, right? I'm not, I'm not doing this right. And so you were like, I want you to just stop, like just stop, <laughs> like everything. You remember the phone analogy. Yeah, and pastor's given that. <laughs> pastor's given that analogy, and that one was very stretching for me too. But pastor told me he would show me. He, he literally he did this to me like a week ago. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like he, he's had to. Uh, unfortunately, he's shown, he's told me this multiple times, <laughs> like, and he's told it to me like it's the first time, and I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so he he showed me a fo- his phone, and he said, "What is my phone doing right now?" And like, "What is my phone doing right now?" Nothing. But he said, "Is the phone yielded? Is it? Is it?" And I said, "Yes." He said, "Is the phone?" doing what it's supposed to do right now and I was like yes and he said if the phone was actually right now had it had apps open and it was doing stuff and it was trying to figure out what I wanted it to do like it's like working hard to what does Marky want me to do right now it wouldn't be yielded because right now I want it to do nothing Mm -hmm. so it is correct yeah and that has been when I have done it (laughs) I haven't always done it but when I've done it that has been one of the most freeing things for me is but it's felt really weird and honestly even just the other day I was talking to pastor and he told me something and I said I said pastor that sounds because I not to be like combat him but I was just being honest so he could help renew my mind I was being honest with him of what I was thinking so Mm -hmm. he told me something and I said pastor that sounds careless and he was like 
Ah, exactly. <laughs> Cast your care. <laughs> he said, you're right. It does sound careless. And that's right. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see you doing that. <laughs> yeah. But that's, it's, it's a good point because it's, we feel like if we're not doing something, we're not doing anything. And yet the word tells you to cast your care because he cares. So what are we to do? Receive. God's already done it. He's already given. Jesus has already died. He's already secured. He's given. We just need to receive and then take everything we've received and carry it to others. Yeah. Go into all the world. I can't go and carry something that I don't have. But when I have something in my hand, I can then take it. My job, our job as believers, as ambassadors of the Lord is to take the gifts of God, the blessings of God, the power of God, the righteousness of God, the love of God to the people. Yeah. But we have to be submitted yeah. and open to receiving that. But if, you know, if we're constantly doing anything, it's kind of like it, the analogy doesn't really work great nowadays, but used to, if I was on the phone, nobody could call my house because they'd get a busy line. You know, mur, 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 this line is busy. Hang up and try again, you know, and mm-hmm. we dial our rotary phone <laughs> six times and it'd still be busy. And you just had to wait until it was not busy. You know, and we're kind of like that. When God calls, does he find us busy or does he find us yielded and fruitful? Yeah. I don't need to be busy. How was your day? This is a confession that we stopped doing, you know, because it was a bad confession. How was your day? Oh, it was busy. And we took pride in that because we thought we were getting stuff done. Yeah. But the Lord, he checked us on that. He goes, yeah. I haven't called you to be busy. I've called you to be fruitful. Yeah. You know, so when, when God calls... He needs to not find us busy, mur, 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 not being able to get through. He needs to instead find us yielded yeah. and fruitful. You know, it's, but I think so much of the time we get in that fear that we're not good enough. We won't do something. Mm-hmm. We'll mess up. And the truth is we will in ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw that with Job. I mean, what happened with Job? He made his spiritual sacrifices but what was his root it was the fear mm-hmm. you know lord these kids you've given me you know they're going to jack something up they have jacked stuff up so you know just daily sacrifices out of fear not out of leading not mm-hmm. out of love but out of fear and what he did is he cooperated with fear and then opened the door yeah. wide open to the attacks that wasn't god god didn't need to test him to show him anything, God would prefer him to stay in faith. God would prefer for him to be an anointed dad, leading his kids in the way they should go, praying for his kids and letting that goodness of God within him lead his kids to, you know, triumph and to return to God. But instead, you know, he got, you know, that worry, depression, anxiety, you know, wringing his hands. These are all things that we've done. And it's like, well, Lord, if I do this, it'll be good enough. If I think enough, if I pray enough, if I get in the word enough, if I work it enough, then Lord, you'll, you'll see my heart. And the whole times God, you know, God's like, I already see you. I've seen you on your best. I've seen you in your worst. And I sent Jesus to die for you in all of it. I've already seen you. I know you. 
I formed you. I knew you before you were formed. Like he's seen you. He doesn't need to see your works. He needs your faith. He needs your love. But when we get works minded, we need to stop and recognize, oh, no. Yeah. That's a Job moment. Yeah. That's a fear moment. And it didn't work very well. You know? One place that you, uh, you pointed this out to me and it helped change everything. I was able to actually identify it. You pointed out that the times when I was attacked the most and I had the hardest time in my mind and um, I, I got the most bent out of shape. You pointed it out one time that it was usually Saturday. Yeah. And why was that? Because it was when I needed to rest. And the enemy was attacking my rest. Yeah. And I was so, I was so in, wrapped up in my own works and my value being in what I did that when I had a moment where I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything, I would freak out yeah. because suddenly I was aware of I, I my I wasn't able to get a um, a fleshly worth value. I wasn't doing anything, so suddenly I wasn't I wasn't valuable. I wasn't righteous, mm-hmm. and I I started it. I started to see that. Whereas when I was working or doing something or or just going along with somebody else, I was with other people. Yeah, I was distracted by them. Yeah, but when I was alone or when I was resting, I was faced with the reality of I wasn't rooted in righteousness and and the value of Christ. Yeah, and I felt like I did not deserve to rest, so I wouldn't rest. And then I wasn't resting. And then because I wasn't resting, you guys weren't resting because I was pulling on you guys. And every Saturday, it was a pattern for, for like years. Like maybe, maybe it wouldn't always show as much as some, mm-hmm. but it was very often on a Saturday. And why was it so important for you to rest on Saturday? For Sunday. Yeah. Because what do you do on Sundays? Minister. What do you start the day with? Like you start the day with, you know, for those of you who don't come to Boomerang, you know, Marky starts the day and we start every Sunday morning with a corporate prayer and a corporate prayer is not a one-on-one prayer. It's a corporate body. We needing the supply of everybody with their prayers, with their faith, because we cover the service. Well, if she's not rested and her mind's reeling, you know, where she's, you know, some Sundays we found her in the bathroom, you know, upset because she's not rested and she's not entered into rest. But then here's the second problem. The very next thing Marky does is she's on the praise team. We Mm -hmm. enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We open up with prayer and praise and she's a part of both of those. So it's vital for her to come in. I mean, it's vital for everybody because everybody needs to be this. So this isn't just a word for Marky. No. This is a word for every believer. Every member of Boomerang should be at the 8.15 a.m. prayer. Every member. It's not for people who know how to pray. It's for people who know God. People who love God, people who want to talk to God, because talking to God is like me and you talking. Mm-hmm. You know, we think it's got to be so hard, and it's you know you got to do it a right way. And it no, yeah, and it's it's not even like this, you know. Oh Lord, Father God, thank you, Father God. Like it's just Father God's. 
Yeah, I know my father. He is God. <laughs> he does not need me to tell him every 15 words, Father God. It's a pet peeve of mine if you can't tell. <laughs> but every member of Boomerang has a responsibility. Every member of every church. So whatever church you belong to. You know, I know we've got Seastone that watches. We've got Corey and Brandy in New Hampshire that watch. We've got Hope City that watch. We've got lots of churches that we're friends with and we support each other's broadcasts. And every single one of you, you should be a prayer warrior for your church. If your church doesn't have Sunday morning prayer before the service, you should be praying for them. You know, and then when worship starts, whether you're on the praise team or not, man, you should be out praising the person to your left and to your right. And if you're not, man, ramp it up. And it's not, you know, just big and everything else. And it's not just loud, but it's the heart. You know, are you worshiping in spirit and in truth? And you're in that truth because you were able to enter into rest and allow Holy Spirit to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And the moments when you quieted your voice, you were able to hear the word of the Lord come in and strengthen you. And every time you quieted yourself, and there were some times, if if you remember, we just stopped and said, all right, what's your favorite praise song? Sing it. Mm hmm. Why? Because praise the Lord for he is good. He enters the praises of his people. Well, look, I myself maybe all jacked up. Whatever day it is, maybe today I'm just all jacked up. I can't get it right. I don't know what end is up. I can't outthink this. I can't figure it out. If I'll just stop and start praising him, it reminds myself. It reminds my flesh. It reminds my spirit He is worthy to be praised. He has done all of this for me. My God, you're good. And if you're this good, why in the world am I worrying? Yeah. And then you start realizing, well, what a big nincompoop I've been. (laughs) And then you get into laughter and it's like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) What a crazy person I've been looking like a maniac. (laughs) That's funny. I bet bet that's a funny reel in heaven, Lord. And then you just start laughing at yourself. And then the joy of the Lord comes upon you. Mm -hmm. And that joy is your strength. And you're able to go throughout the rest of your day. Like, don't don't wait for Sunday. Don't wait for a new day. Yes, His mercies are new every morning. But it's always morning somewhere. Let the morning be the moment you wake up to His truth. And that's why we can't. We've got to recognize what that fear sounds like. Yeah. That, that hopelessness, that lack of joy, you know, and you've got to reach out quickly. And, you know, you and Hannah both have done well with this. You know, Hannah talks about the battle she just had, and it was a real battle. Like, we had 2 a.m. phone calls. And, y'all, I'm telling you, it was Holy Spirit that she called because I put my phone on sleep notifications. And the only people that are on, like, the bypass mode is my household. But somehow her calls went through. And I heard and I heard them because I can sleep good, too. (laughs) And they came through. But when she called and she plugged in and the fact that there was anointing flowing at 2 a.m., y'all, some people get (laughs) hangry. But like my thing is tired. Like you can tell when I'm tired. (laughs) I can push through some not feeling good. I can push through being hangry. But being tired is where I have to put on the joy. And she calls at 2 a.m. And I'm like. 
Hello. <laughs> and she's like, I need you. And I'm like, you know, my flesh is like, can you need me at 7 a.m.? You know, 6 a.m. even. I get up at 5.30, could you call me then? But she needed me right then, you know? And there were times, and she'll tell you, because we're going, we're just going to fillet all of ourselves today. Here's one moment. I'm like, tell me something good. Tell me a praise. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, girl, yeah, you do. But here's the thing. And like, and she's, she, her voice, her, her flesh was so whooped because of battling. You know, you've been there. I've been there. Her, her flesh was so whooped because the battling was tired. She gone nights without sleep. It's 2 a.m. Here's another night. I'm not sleeping. Here's what's good. You want to know what's good? Me sleeping, that would be good, but I'm not doing that, you know? And so she just, she sounded like a whoop dog. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. And you need people who will rise up in that bold faith, even at 2 a.m., and will say, girl, you're not wasting my time. I'm on this phone call with you at 2 a.m. You better find one thing worthy to be praised. The fact that I'm talking to you is worthy to be praised. And, and I'd be bold with her in that. Not because I'm mad at her, but because I am attacking that flesh. Yeah. And I was attacking that flesh. I was not attacking <laughs> Hannah. But I was absolutely attacking that flesh. And she heard it. She heard the mama in me. And she's like, well, I, I, I guess God loves me. <laughs> yeah, he does. What else? What else? How do you know he loves you? you know, and, and I'd make her tell me another two, three, four. And the most amazing thing happened. When she focused on praise <laughs> and she thought of things that she had to be thankful for, man, her voice strengthened. She got, I, I would say, how you feel now? Oh, oh, better. Was she, was she there yet? No, she wasn't there yet, but she was better. Yeah. She was on the way. You know, and it's important to recognize it's not your position, it's your direction. Where are you headed? Don't look at where you are right now. Where are you headed? It's, you know, God is so good. And if we'll recognize those thoughts, if we'll recognize <laughs> That still, small voice. You know, fear usually comes in loud. You know, he roars like a lion. He's, the only thing the enemy can do is gum you to death. Like, he can't hurt you. Yeah, in all honesty, he yeah. can't even, you know, he doesn't know what you're thinking. We give the enemy power. All power <laughs> and authority has been given to us, right? So the only authority <laughs> that the enemy have or has is what I hand him. Otherwise, he's just going to gum us to death. But, you know, if we take out our dentures and give him some teeth, then there you go. But why yeah. do I say that? What do we empower him with? We empower him with our words. Yeah. We empower him with our actions. You see, your words and your actions create life or death. It's in the power of the tongue. And he's smart. Like, he's defeated. He's a defeated foe, yes. But he's not an idiot. He's been doing this for years. So the way we empower the enemy is by our words and by our actions, we've got to put out words of faith. Words of faith only. How, how, are, you, how are you doing, Hannah? Not, I'm sick. <laughs> I don't, okay, as you, so be it. If you say so. Because the word says as you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Well, I don't know why you called me. 
you know, and she didn't do this, you know, but I don't know why you called me, but if you're wanting to be sick, then go ahead. Tell me how you are. Well, I have had symptoms on me, but I know I'm healed. I have felt like poo, but I know God gives, he gives sleep to his beloved. Like start confessing the word of God, Mm -hmm. because when you start confessing the problems, man, you just pour fire or pour gas on the enemy's fire. Yeah. Yeah. But what you want to do is fame, flame, flame, the fan, the flames. Fan the flames of a Holy Spirit fire. Yeah. What do you want within you? What does the word tell you you're supposed to have within you? You know, Pastor Mama, my thoughts have been raging, screaming. I've not been able yet to rest, but I know God says, bring that to me. Now we can go somewhere with that. You know, but you curl up on the floor. Maybe you aren't even saying anything, but it's like... I'm not going to say anything. My words create death. But you're still curled up in a fetal position. Just say nothing. Just (laughs) melt. Yeah. I'm not going to confess bad. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to confess anything. Your actions are saying enough. Loudly. That's where I've been. I'm going to say nothing, but I'm going to go hide in a hole. Yeah. Right. And the enemy just keeps piling on because you're hiding. He's like, oh, good. I got her by herself. You know, mm-hmm. what, is a, what does a lion do? He, he goes and he, had, he runs at the herd to single one out. Whichever one freaks out, it's like, Rrr! you know, and goes off by itself. Skirt. The mm-hmm. lion goes after that one. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go after the herd. He finds out which one gets befuddled enough to get by himself. That's the one he's attacking. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, when, when I had that ulcer I told you about, look, it hurt. Ulcers hurt. And I remember one day we drove into church and we weren't going. This was way before Boomerang. Um, We were going to church and I was hurting. I was not feeling good. And uh, I couldn't even make it to the front door. I knew the side side entrance of the church and I knew there was a bathroom right at that entrance. I booked it into that side entrance and I hurled and then I cleaned myself up and I went to church. Well, why didn't you just stay home? Why on earth would I stay home? What does a healed person do? A healed person praises the Lord. A healed person goes to church. A healed person gets in the word. A healed person does not forsake the assembling together. So you've got to understand it's not just your words, but also your actions. Mm-hmm. What would you do if the answer or when the answer manifests? What would you do if you opened your mailbox today and there was a check for a million dollars? Would you worry about the electric bill on the counter? No. Like, you'd write the check and be like, oh, it's, it's paid. You know, you wouldn't worry about it. I'm not telling you to write some rubber checks right now, but I'm telling you when you get the, when you get the, this, my little tearful laughing napkin is my bill. When you get the bill that says you owe, you know, look at it and go, <laughs> this is paid in full. Hey, Lord, you got mail. Can you write this check now? Why? Because you know that the Lord is your source. He's your supply. So walk it out. Understand your actions, your words create. I heard, a, um, I was listening to Nancy Dufresne recently, and uh, her name looks like Dufresne. Yeah, it does. And I try to remember how to spell it, so I say Dufresne. If I say that, I'm talking about Nancy Dufresne. But I was listening <laughs> to Nancy Dufresne recently, and she was talking about um, two people who 
it was, there were coworkers, and one of them was like, I'm going home. I'm just, I'm feeling run down. Well, the second coworker's like, <gasps> she's sick. And if she's sick, I'm working with her. I'm, I'm going to get sick too. I must be sick. Well, they're a believer. So praise the Lord. They recognized the stupidity of it, but they then spent the rest of that day, Lord, I just, I pray against sickness. I will not get sick. I'm not sick. I'm healed. And of course, the next day, what happens? They, they were sick. And you're like, well, why'd they get sick? <clears throat> because it wasn't sickness that was knocking on their door. It was the fear of sickness that was knocking on their door. She saw somebody tired and run down. They weren't even sick. She saw somebody tired and run down and she immediately started fearing it must be sickness. And it was that fear of sickness that took hold. Instead of attacking fear at the root, wow. she attacked the lie. She needed to get in there and go, oh, whoa. Susie just said she was tired, run down. Lord, I lift up Susie. I thank you that you give your beloved rest. I thank you that you give her strength. And she started praying for Susie. And Lord, whatever that fear was on me, I just come against that right now. I'm not a spirit of, I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, if she'd have done that, I guarantee you she wouldn't have gotten sick. Because she would have addressed the root, which was that fear. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? It is, yeah. She said that, and I was like... Shut the front door. <laughs> I've done that. And I think all of us have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's so good to recognize that you have to understand that root. Yeah. Honestly, I think fear is one of those things that if everyone was really honest of where what they've been thinking like mm-hmm. this week, I think a lot of people would be like, I'm good. Like I don't really need to I'm fine. Like, I, I don't think I really need to listen to the messages this week. Like, oh, yeah, they're good. Like, yeah, they're good. But I don't, you know, they're, they're I'm good. I, 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 yeah, fear is bad. I'm not going to be in fear. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm too I, mature for that. Yeah, it's kind of like God's love. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah, God loves me. Like, yeah, I know that. When really a lack of revelation of God's love is the root of, like, everything and then fear is the root of like everything that's wrong Mm -hmm. but i think those two things um our prides really attack them to make us think that we're no i'm good like in that like not recognizing the the issue in that is fear yeah with, with that story that you just gave not sickness it's actually the fear of the sickness yeah yeah you have to recognize you're never going to something we preach against is an arrival mentality You'll never arrive. Like, God is so big. He is so majestic. We will always be learning about Him. Because what a small God for us to ever figure Him out. You know? But because we'll never, you know, because we'll always be obtaining more and more knowledge of God, more and more revelation of God, we'll we'll constantly be growing in more and more revelation of who we are and what we have. And, you know, we've got to understand that the temptations, no matter how good, what role we operate in, how long we've been saved, the temptations will always try to come. But that doesn't mean you will always give in to them. You know, Pastor talked recently, you've had all these attacks on Israel. And, you know, and we know that's biblical. We know what, you know, we know the outcome. But that doesn't mean it's not a gruesome, horrific, awful thing. And, 
we usually don't watch the news. Um, it's just it's full of it's full of lies, really. Um, it's full of lies. It's full of death, destruction. Like there's nothing good in it. So what's the point? If it's not giving me the word of God, why am I going to put it in? Because what you put in your eyes and your ears, you have to deal with. And that's a bit of a sidebar, but understand it's, it's not really because it all leads to either faith or fear. What yeah. you put in your eyes, what you put in your <clears throat> ears, be it entertainment, you know, TV, movies, music, or people. Yes. What you put in your eyes, what you put in your ears, mm-hmm. you're going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And either you will deal with it. And it will go to glorify God or you will deal with it and you'll have to root out the junk that it brought along with it. Well, pastor was looking to see everything going on in Israel. He's been there. He has a clearly, I mean, every believer should have a heart for Israel. But like he's watching it and he's got a heart for some of those places that he saw because his feet have tread there. He's walked where that news reporter is standing and, you know, bombs are going off behind, you know, behind that news reporter. And pastor's like, I was right there. I saw those people and his heart was hurting for them. And he said, I recognized that little twinge come in and it was fear trying to come in. He's a pastor. I mean, like, I'm not biased or anything, (laughs) but he's like, one of the most bold, anointed, wise men of God I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> I am biased, but it's still true. <laughs> yeah, he, he has been in the Word. He's constantly in the Word, growing himself, learning so that he can expand the kingdom of God. And yet, fear tried to knock on his door. You know, fear knocked on... Jesus' door. Now, the temptation was there. It knocked. But what did Jesus do? What did Pastor Brian do? He didn't go, oh, you must have the wrong house because I have been a Christian for all these years. I am a pastor. He didn't do that. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't go, I am the son of God. You need to listen. No, even Jesus said, the Lord says God says, it is written. And if it is written for Jesus, then it is written for us. And we've got to recognize that and grab a hold of that. But you do. You have to watch who you're around. You have to watch what you're in. I heard a, um, I heard a story about somebody, and they were around like cancer patients a good bit. And so they, uh, they ended up getting cancer themselves. And they were given this testimony of, I just, I don't know why I got that. For the last 10 years, I have been praying that cancer would not touch my body. And it's like, well, gee, why? I can't imagine why cancer touched your body. You've been praying, Lord, don't let cancer touch my body. Don't let cancer touch my body. Cancer, you can't touch my body. And it's like, (laughs) okay. You know, I remember actually going through that um, a couple years ago with um, I had been having a hard time where the enemy had been attacking me in my dreams. Yeah. And I remember every night. That's a good would, example. Every night I would pray mm-hmm. and 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 ask like ask the Lord for help and pray against the dreams. But every night I kept having them. And I remember being like, yeah, I remember what that. on 
earth. <laughs> I am praying. I am speaking against them, and they are not stopping. Yeah. And the enemy was just like having a heyday, like in my, and I was really mad. I mean, dreams like that's something where you 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 feel kind of vulnerable. You're yeah. sleeping and everything. So I was I was praying against it, but I it was really messing with me because sure. I didn't understand what you're saying right now, which is huge. Yeah. Even though I was saying the right things. And even though I was I was saying the word of God, my heart was not in faith. I was really in. I was speaking the word in mm-hmm. fear. Yeah. And I, I, I hope this works. Yes. And even yeah. I remember Brother Tracy even talking about like with like speaking in tongues. He's like it, like people speak in tongues in fear. Yeah. Like they they'll feel fear and they'll start speaking in tongues in fear. And he's like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Like, You'd be better off just to shush." <laughs> yeah. So I remember that, and I remember you guys saying. You're expecting mm-hmm. the dreams to continue, and you have to get to the point where what you guys told me is you have to get to the point where you're not evaluating yourself, evaluating everything based off of do I have a, another dream or not? Because basically, what I was saying, what I was saying was my faith isn't or, or this isn't working. You know, my faith isn't working because I had another dream, and what you guys were saying was no matter what happens right i'm standing on the word and i'm going to believe the word and this was weird to me but at the time but you guys said even if you have another dream don't let that scare you yeah don't let that tell you that it's not working yeah and that gave me the freedom of not and i wasn't that then my faith wasn't set on circumstances yes yeah there's a um if y'all know uh Kenneth e. Hagen, a lot of people call him Dad Hagen. You know, he was on death's door. Like he literally, my understanding is like I think his chest was deformed and his heart didn't work. I think he had a ton. And of yeah, there was there's so much wrong blood. with him. I think and his blood. Yeah, but when he was uh, 15, 16ish, is when he was expected to just die. And you know, he was living in a household full of worry wart Christians. You know, um, nobody with that bold faith to stand. But he said, you know, he was on his deathbed and he asked for his Bible and he got in the word and he got the word of God and he got his healing. Well, praise God. Y'all know he went and lived you know, a long life, long and satisfying life. Um, but many years later, after he's a pastor, he's out ministering at somebody's church and he gave the testimony that he was in bed that night and for several nights in a row while he was there doing this uh, ministry, for several nights in a row, at night, he would have these heart issues start to rise up. And it's like, you know, there's a temptation of, oh, gosh, here it comes again. Is this going to bother me again? Am I going to have to go through this again? But instead, what he did is he pulled the sheet up over his head because he said he didn't want to bother anybody and wake anybody up. So he pulled the blankets up over his head and he started laughing. He was like, ha, 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 if you ever heard him. <laughs> I love it. Like, you can't not laugh when you hear it. Ha, 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 ha. You know, was he feeling like laughing? No, his, his heart is messing up, you know. But he laughed. And he said he heard the enemy go, what are you laughing at? He said, because you think you've got me. And he said, the, he said Satan told him, this is the one time you won't get your healing. And Brother Hagen started laughing even harder. 
He's like, and like this time, like really laughing, <laughs> like laughing. And Satan goes, why are you laughing? And Brother Hagen responds and he says, because I'm not trying to get my healing. I've already got my healing. Now pack up your symptoms and be gone. And it never happened again. They left. Why? Because, you know, common sense Logic thinking, worldly thinking would hear the, you won't get it this time. This is the one time. Well, is that the Lord? Is that the Lord telling me I've got it all those other times, but this time I won't get it? You find a scripture that supports that. You won't. And Brother Hagen knew that. He knew that the word says by his stripes you were healed. He already knew he was healed. He knew he had received it. He knew the call upon his life. He knew the word says with a long and satisfying life, right? Mm -hmm. So he knew the word and he just laughed at the enemy and he gave the enemy the word. He didn't cave to the lies. You know, the fear, fear is always brought about by fake lies, fake facts. You know, the fact was his heart felt like it was jacked up, but it's, it's fake lies. Because the truth is, I've made you whole. In me, you are perfect. I've healed you. I've called you. I've given you a satisfying life. And so we have to, when those things rise up, we have to know what the word says. And that's what we were telling Marky with the dreams is, you know what? Stop praying about it. What? Stop praying about it. Why are you praying about it? Well, because I've, I had this attack last night. Is it or is it not handled? It doesn't mean that you don't need to come against it. Yeah. But did you come against it last night? Yes. Then it's done. Yeah. Lord, I give you myself. I give you my sleep. I give you my dreams. I am your beloved and you give your beloved rest. I thank you, Father. I have sweet dreams and peaceful rest from you because that's what you give me. I rebuke those lies that tried to attack me. I don't give them any time, any yeah. another moment's thought because I know they're lies. I know yeah. it's not of you. And if it's not of you, it has no part in me. I thank you, Lord. Well, like what we told Marky, so you have two nights of good sleep, but then the third night you have a bad dream. Wake up. Ha, 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 ha. I thank you, Lord. You give your beloved rest. I thank you as I go throughout this day doing the work that you've called me to do. Maybe you're, you know, I started to say gas pumper. They don't, those don't exist anymore. <laughs> used to people pump gas. They maybe you're New a Jersey. They have Jersey. New Jersey. Well, maybe you're a burger flipper. <laughs> as you're flipping the burgers, because that's what God's called you to do, expect rest to yeah. come on your body. And as you go to bed that night, Lord, I thank you. I receive sweet dreams. Praise him for it. You're not battling. You're not asking for anything. You're not rebuking anything. You've already done that. It's already been rebuked. The Lord says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Yeah. So if something's not fleeing, then ask the Lord, Father, show me. Is there anywhere that I've not submitted to you? If there is, then Lord, when you show me that, I'll submit it to you. Otherwise, I receive. Because if he's not showing you something that you've not submitted to him in, then you're good. Yeah. Just receive.
Be the phone. Just receive. Yeah. Hannah, did I see that you had something, hon? Is that, sorry, I was waiting for Sammy. Is that we've seen the Bible, like, uh, we haven't, rather. We haven't seen the Bible as the inerrant word of God. Like, if, if you're just viewing the Bible as a self-help book, as just maybe a good idea or just theory, like, then you're not going to take seriously the command, many commands that say, do not fear. It's, it's not just a good idea. It's not just uh, an opinion. This is a command from your creator. Do not fear. Yeah. So if, if you're just even flirting with the, with fear, then you're not submitting to God. Then you're not qualified to even resist the devil because you're not submitting to God. The word is God. So without submitting to the word, which is the utmost power, then you're not going to have the empowerment to resist the devil because you're not really submitting because fear is not of God. There is no fear in love. So do not fear is a command from perfect love to keep you out of those attacks, to keep you free from evil and to deliver you from everything that's trying to come against you. But if we're just viewing the word as an opinion or another self-help book, we have to see the word in the same way that we see God, the same way that we see Jesus, the same way that we see Holy Spirit. The word is all intertwined with all three of the Godhead. It's essential for us to submit to it. And that's an area that I missed it on. I remember even pastors telling the testimony of Pastor Nicole getting an ulcer. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, that's crazy. I don't, that could never happen to me. I'm not like, it just, it's so blinded by pride of thinking that I had just had it made yeah. that I would never be tempted with fear in that way. Being that, and that totally blindsided me from the attacks of anxiety yeah. and fear that anyone was putting on me because I was so I was so blinded. I didn't even see how I could possibly be in an attack like that. Yeah. But he, any, any door that he can find a way in, he's going to get into. And if we're not submitting to the word in our lives and seeing it as very vital, then unfortunately we learn <laughs> by either crisis or revelation. So I would much rather learn by revelation, but sometimes I learn by crisis. And I saw so clearly, more than ever, how vital it is to submit to the word of God because that's the only thing that's going to give me the power to resist the devil. Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's good. I want, if y'all have questions, go ahead and put them on here now. We saw one earlier that Joni asked about how do you balance being wise and being in fear? Because, you know, so many people will say, you know, be careful or be wise. And it's it's fear motivated, you know, and you do need to be wise. The word tells us be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. But the balance is what's your why? You know, it always goes back to what's your why? Why are you thinking this? Why are you doing this? If it's not rooted in love, you know, you need to be wise in all that you do so that you don't fall fray, uh, prey to the enemy and fear. You do need to be wise so you don't just make stupid mistakes. You know, we live in a corrupted world. Mm -hmm. Women don't need to just go walking outside. I mean, men too, but women... Uh, I tend to do this more in what I've seen, you know, walking out of the store and they're like, you know, walking through the store, walking in the mall, you know, 
You don't need to do that. Wisdom says you are in a corrupted world. Be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. I'm wise. I look at my surroundings. I look at what's going on because I realize the enemy does come to attack. But I don't do it out of fear. I do it out of wisdom because I've got a call and a purpose upon my life. I'm not going to get tripped up by just being ditzy. I'm not going to get tripped up by not recognizing that I am in a corrupted world. Now, I don't need to you know, walk out and I've got my hand on the alarm button the whole time I'm walking and I'm just looking like this. Oh, God, is somebody coming? Is somebody behind there? Oh, there's a white van. It must be the devil. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to walk there. But I'm going to walk out. And if I've got a check in my spirit, I'm going to be wise to listen to the Lord. Wise to listen and hear his His. Yeah. warnings of, hey, you know, there's a blue Honda. Doesn't have to be a van. There's a blue Honda. What's a Hyundai is what um, <laughs> Hannah used to call the Hyundais. <laughs> there's a blue Hyundai, um, <laughs> you know, seemingly harmless vehicle, but I just, I just have something. It just doesn't feel right. If that's the case, I'm not walking to my car beside the blue Hyundai. I'm going to walk back inside and I'm going to ask a security guard, hey, can you walk me to my car? Or I'm going to get on the phone with my husband. I'm going to say, hey, I see nothing that warrants suspicion, but I just have a check in my spirit. Yeah. What do you think I should do? That's wisdom. Yeah. Not fear motivated, but a constant, a constant willingness to be open and hear the word of the Lord. Yeah. A wisdom to say, hey, I know, you know, Susie Q has been like, I had this happen today. We've got somebody that um, we know, not a person at church, but they have just been a peach. And if you're from the South, you know what I mean. They've just, woo, dog it. Um, they've been a peach. And I just had leading to love on them. Nothing warrants in the natural that would say, Love on them. They're so nice. They're so friendly. They're going to receive your love. Like I've been nice this person before and gotten no response, you know, but wisdom says be wise in how you respond to them today. And so rather than being factual and businesslike, I put on my ministerial heart and I'm like, Lord, what is it you want me to say? You've told me to be wise. What's wise here? Well, I poured on some love to them and found out while this person is naturally a peach any day, they have extra stuff going on right now. And because I was wise to hear from the Lord and not treat them the way they have seemed to want to be treated, not treat them the way I've always done at work, business, factual, because that's how they operate. Instead, I was able to minister to them in a secular job. And they're like, I'm so thankful for HR's intervention. Wow. Well, I don't know if anybody else has stopped to take the time to be nice to this person. They haven't done anything to say be nice to me. They haven't been nice to anybody, seemingly. But wisdom is always open to the leading of the Lord. Not in fear, but in a hunger to always be ready to do what God tells you to do. So you just have to go back to what's your why. Are you, is your wisdom fear motivated? Or is your wisdom... Lord, you want me to go down this alley? You want me to drive down this road? He'll tell you what to do. And he may or may never tell you the why. 
He may tell you, you see that person on the frozen aisle? I know you don't get your frozen food first, but go down there and talk to them. You don't know that they weren't going to go commit suicide. You don't know that their dad didn't just die and they needed somebody to give them hope. Wisdom is just always being open to the Lord for him to lead. Do we have any other questions? Um, I didn't see any. I did have a question real quick, though. I know we're getting we're getting later uh, in the in the yeah, afternoon. If not, I've got to close. Yeah, but um, but I mean, I'm definitely happy for you to have your freedom and everything. But no, I don't have to close. I'm saying I have a close. You have a close. Okay. Yeah. Well, one one thing I wanted to ask you about is wi- there's wisdom that uh, we can it can look like wisdom, but really it's fear. One mm-hmm. thing I wanted to ask you about quickly. We kind of talked about this. Abby and I talked about this the other day on the broadcast about uh, fear, not just fear of man, mm-hmm. but fear for man, yes. basically. Fear for the people around you. And the one thing I wanted to ask you about, just being really honest, one thing that the um, that had fear had tried to take place in my life recently, mm-hmm. I noticed this, because um, fear has been coming up. So we've been like... the recognizing fear has been coming up I should say so I've been recognizing it more recently and the number one area well one of them that I've recognized fear the most is a sense of I have to love this person I have to love on this person I have to minister to this person and this sense of like feeling like it's all on me and if I don't love this person correctly it's not going to go well for them. Yes. And I've noticed, I've never noticed it as much as that try to be there recently with me. And I don't, it's probably always been there. And it's just that it, there's just a light being shined on it this week. Yeah. But it, it's like, I, I realize it's been a lot. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed it. You probably have. But I started realizing recently how much my thoughts have been about uh, fearful of not treating other people right or yeah. doing, doing something like like I've um, this week I had a, a, a time where I had to I had to just it was very stretching for me I didn't talk to anybody for several hours mm-hmm. I just spent time with the Lord and it was hard on my flesh because my flesh was like you're not being wise you're not being loving you need to reach out to this person and then you need to reach out to this person and this person and you know what's going to happen if you're not there for them and and i had all these like attacks on my mind of of fear of people in my life yeah and that really i think was harder than like fear of myself like i like so i recognize that so i wanted and we we did talk about it a little bit this week but having you here i also wanted to hear you talk about it yeah you're you're not just a mother of your family you're a mother of an entire church yeah you're a mother to a lot of people so i'm sure if anyone (laughs) understands that temptation i get it of fearing for other people's well-being or feeling like you're responsible and if you don't do everything right it, it could not go well for them like i wanted you to speak to that really quickly if you would yeah no that's a good when I had a situation with someone in my life that I was fearful for their salvation. Like I knew it wasn't there. And basically anytime the phone rang, a text came through, a knock on the door, whatever. If they came calling, I jumped to answer. Like I remember one time they called, uh, they called my phone drunk. It was like 3 a.m. I literally fell out of bed trying to get the phone. Like it, I was in that much fear for them. I, I fell out of bed trying to get to the phone because 
They're calling. I got to answer it. There must be something wrong. This is the moment. This is the moment I'm going to be able to lead them to salvation. This is it. This is it. You know, and so no matter what it was, no matter where I was, if this person came knocking, calling in any way, shape or form, I went running. I stopped whatever it was to make sure that I was there to answer that call because I was in such a fear for their salvation. And I was praying over them one day and the Lord got my attention and it was a gut punch. Let me tell you, he asked me straight up. He said, how do you think I'm going to be God in their life when you're being God? I'm like, that hurt. And what he was saying is, here's this person. But if and you know, maybe I'm, you know, you're God. I'll be the bad person. <laughs> Not the bad person. <laughs> this is God. And this person needing salvation is right here. But if I'm in the middle going, I got you. I got you. It's okay. Let me give you this. This is what you need. God's over here going, get out of the way. <laughs> they can't hear me because you won't shut up. <laughs> they can't see me because you're all up in their business. You know, and that's what got my attention with that person is he said, how can I be God in their life when you're too busy trying to play God? And I was like, ooh. And so what I had to do is I had to pray for them and for me. And I said, all right, Lord, I won't answer their call unless you tell me to. And so when the phone rang the next time, I prayed and I asked the Lord, answer it or don't answer it. And it went a few months. It wasn't super long. And some of the calls I felt led to answer and some of the calls I didn't. But a few months later, there was a call and I felt led to answer it. And I had the honor of praying with them and leading them to salvation. Man, that was so good. It was so good knowing that this person that I loved and cared for was going to be in eternal heaven with me. But could they have gotten it sooner if I hadn't have feared for them? If I had have relaxed and said, Lord, I give you this person. I love them. But you've told me to cast my care on you. And Lord, I care for this person, so I give them to you. Lead me and guide me in the best way to love them. And there are days that he'll tell you to reach out. There are days he'll tell you to answer the phone. And there are days he'll tell you to just sit and let them watch you. And let your life be the testimony, even louder than your words. But you've got to be, you've got to be willing to be led in all things. Trust the Lord in all things. But when he says do something, do it. Do it fast. That's like... What I had for starting to wrap up is um, I love the story with Joshua and Caleb. Numbers 13, 30 30 through 33, you know, they're talking about going and taking. And Caleb says, let's go up at once. But the people hesitated because they took their eyes off the Lord and they looked on man, circumstances, feelings, and We have to recognize when God says do something, you do it and you do it fast. But until he says do something, you don't do it. And obedience is sitting and waiting as much as it is going. Now, it doesn't mean that we sit and, well, I'm not going to do anything because I haven't heard the Lord. If the Lord's told you to do something in his word, do it. 
But if it's a situation like this person in their phone calls, he didn't tell me, answer, you know, numbers 1367, answer every phone call, thus saith the Lord. That wasn't in there. But when the Lord does say go, we need to be like Caleb and let's go at once. Like, don't even give your flesh time to respond. You get going so fast, flesh is like, oh, where they go? You know, because you are so quick to respond. And then, you know, you keep going. Numbers 14, 7 through 9, Joshua and Caleb saw the goodness of the land. They knew God wanted them to walk in that. They, he knew that with, or they knew that with their faith, they would please the Lord. And it says, he will give us this. He will give us this land of milk and honey. And they encouraged the people, rebel not. Fear not. Like they knew the goodness of the Lord. They knew what was coming, but don't fear because there was opposition at hand. And they said, the protection of our enemies has been removed. God is with us. So you have to look at where God's called you to be or live here where God's called you to be and immediately go. Set your sights on the word and nothing else. Count the cost. Yes, that's biblical. But that's not. Count the cost isn't one, two, three enemies. Eh, One's my limit. I don't think I'm going there today. Did the Lord say go? Then you go. Mm -hmm. Did he say go now? Go. Yeah. Did he say go that way? Then don't go this way. Because this way has a shorter line. Go that way. Wherever the Lord says go, go fast. Because that's where your land of milk and honey is. And it doesn't matter who's around you. It may be your troop, your crew, your people, your posse, whatever, your family. If they're not affirming the word of God, they're not to go with you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes going and taking may be going on your own or going with a small group. Doesn't mean the people you left behind are bad. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It just means they may not be supposed to be a part of this adventure. But you need to go and go quickly, knowing the word of the Lord is on this. The protection of God is on this. That's why Caleb and uh, Joshua knew they could go. So what? There's big dudes over there. They've got nothing. Big dudes. No power. Dudes with power. The power of God, the protection of God, the peace of God, the faith of God. We can do anything. Absolutely. Let's go. And they went, right? That's what we've got to do. Know who's with you. Know who you are. Know it. Proclaim it. Refuse to be moved. And the people that are going to go with you and stand with you, let them stand. Let them go with you. The people that won't, that's okay. Because either they'll see your victory and they'll be like, oh, they must have known what they were talking about. And come to you. Tell me about this God you serve. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Your faith will manifest the goodness of God for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. But you've got to be willing to go boldly, even if it's just you recognizing that with the word of the Lord, it will never be just you. 
You may not see another human around you, but if you have the word of the Lord, you are never going on your own. You are always going with God. So be quick to obey. Be quick to know the word. Be quick to demolish fear. Don't negotiate with it. Don't try to think your way out of it. Recognize it. Recognize it's a lie. Recognize all the things they're talking about. It's fake. None of that is true. Yes, the fear, fear is reality, but all those lies are fakes. The only way they come into manifestation is if you allow them to. But when you say, "Mm, no, not today, the word says, I submit to God. He tells me to do whatever it is, finances, health, marriage, your kids. Find a scripture, whatever it is you're believing for, whatever it is, the circumstance, your dreams. Find a scripture that says he he gives to his beloved sleep. Mm-hmm. Find a scripture to stand on. Yeah. And when the thought, the fear comes, say, oh, uh, wrong house. You're you're knocking on the wrong door. Not a dummy. Yeah. I know who I am. Yeah. I know the word. The word says. He gives to his beloved rest. The word says, I'll give you a long and satisfying life. The word says, but uh, beloved, above all, I wish that you prosper. The word says, by stripes, I already was healed. I have the healing. I'm not pleading for it. I'm not waiting for it. It's mine. My flesh may not have called up yet, but it's going to. It has no choice because the word says. Stand on that word. Refuse to be moved because you know your God. You may not even know who you are today. You may not know the power within you, but you know your God and you know God's love for you. And so right now I'm going to invite you pray with me because maybe you don't know that well enough. I've heard it, but I just, I just, you just don't know who I am, Pastor Nicole. I know who God is. I don't need to know who you are. I long to know who you are, but I don't need to know who you are to know about salvation. All you need to know is my God. Father, right now, we give you ourselves. Lord, no matter what the circumstance, no matter who we are, who we've been, Lord, we know that your word says that you are love. Your word tells us that Jesus came and died for us. And all of our mess, he came and died for us so that we could be reconciled to you. Lord, right now, we give you ourselves. We give you our lives. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. We make Jesus our Lord and our Savior. We receive that saving grace. We receive that eternal salvation. But we also make him our Lord. Holy Spirit, as you lead, I will follow. Lord, what your word says, it's my truth. I'll not look with eyes, but I'll look with faith. Father, right now, we receive that salvation. We receive that renewing of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us. 
The word says to be being filled. So we know, Lord, you have a longing to fill us. Have your way. Fill us now with your Holy Spirit and fire. We thank you, Father. We receive it now in Jesus' name. We receive your love in full, not because we were worthy, Lord, but because Jesus was worthy and he made us worthy. His blood made us worthy. His death made us worthy. We are worthy in Christ. We receive it now because it's your free gift and because you love us so much. Now, Father, we give you all fear, all worry, all anxiety, all depression, all of the lies. It doesn't matter what has been on us. It doesn't matter if anxiety and depression has been on us for decades and generations behind. Lord, from this day forward, our DNA is yours. We walk in the DNA of faith and love. Father, help us. Lord, there's the man in the Bible that says, I believe, help me believe. Lord, if there's anyone here today that believes, Lord, help them believe. And Lord, we believe and we confess. We are your ambassadors. We are your children. We walk in your spirit and in your truth. We walk in faith. We walk in hope. We walk in love. And we will see Your will come to pass in us and through us today and every day because you are with us. You are leading us. You are guiding us. You are helping us because you are a good, good father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we get to partner with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the reminder this week. That fear is not a part of you. I thank you, Lord. We walk out of this week bold in our faith, bolder than ever before. But Lord, I thank you that we keep growing in our faith. We thank you, Father, for helping us to recognize fear when it comes knocking. And Lord, we rise up in faith faster and faster each and every day because daily we increase. Thank you, Father. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that and that was a first time salvation prayer or a recommitment or a re-infilling, let us know because we want to rejoice with you. We want to praise God for your salvation. We want to praise God for that recommitment. We want to praise God that it was just a fresh touch of God's fire and God's love in you today. We are people who love to praise. We love to party. We love to laugh. And you know what? God sits in the heavens and laughs. So we'll laugh with you, rejoicing that God is so good in your life. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be your guest speaker. Thank you for letting Joni trick you and for Marky spoiling the surprise. It was a fun day. I'm just glad that I spoiled the surprise right before the word. And it wasn't before that. Like, it, it was only, like, spoiled, like, two minutes before. So, praise God. It was so funny, y'all. <laughs> you literally were crying. Oh, my gosh. I cried makeup off. <laughs> Be from laughing.
So, Amen. Thank you so much for being on today. And I, I know you had to, it, you had to move things around, and you had to, you yeah. know, you, you couldn't just like drop everything and come in here. So, thank you for taking the time and effort to come in here today. It this was, is one of my best PTO days ever. <laughs> it was really great. So, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. As always, we want to invite you to sow today if the Lord is leading you to. We give this broadcast to you. We sow it into you. It is not, you do not have to pay for this broadcast. This is, we give this freely to the world. We are not expecting any, you do not have to give anything. The Bible says not to give under compulsion. But the Lord does lead us at times. When there's a, when there's a word, the Lord often will have us um, sow into it. Yeah. To sow into it. And because when you sow your money into something, you're sowing yourself into it. That's your time. That's your heart. You, it's an you, esteem. Yes, it's esteem. It's an honor. You, when you sow into the word today, you are esteeming this word and honoring it and saying, you know what? This meant something to me to the point that I'm going to give myself to it. So you do not have to, but if the Lord is leading you to, you you can go to give www.org to give. You can give by PayPal, text, cryptocurrency, cash app. Um, and we have so many different ways. You can even give other things, unique things. If you want to reach out to us and you're like, I just, I want to give, I don't know what, like, yeah. We've had chickens and chickens, fruit, and fruit yeah. service. We've had people coming and serving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you, if yeah. you have also, I want to put it out there. If you are in the area and between... Like 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock or whatever it is, you have free time. You can sew by coming and helping at this broadcast. Even sew and just be, if you want to come, this is, we, we open it up to people, not like crazy people. Like if you're crazy, <laughs> you're not allowed. Like if you're, you're crazy for Jesus. If you're crazy for Jesus, yeah. <laughs> like if you're, if you're someone that just wants to cause issues, not everyone is welcome. Like just putting it out there. But if you are someone who's hungry and you want to physically be under the anointing, yes. you're local. It actually, that's actually sowing your faith into this broadcast instead of watching at home if you want to come and be in the studio yeah. you can pull on the anointing like that's that's how 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 much does it help as a minister when you're ministering and people are hungry and pulling oh, so much i mean it's, it's much easier to preach to y'all who are hungry for the word than it is a blank wall and sometimes people are blank walls but you know we have had people come in here who were out of a job and they came in and they served while they were believing for a job and they, a job manifested because yeah. they use that time to serve into the Lord. And they went job hunting, yes. But between like 11 and 2, they were like, all right, Lord, I'm going to give you this tithe of my day. And I'm going to sow into you. And, you know, sometimes your sowing is, you know, especially people like, you know, Jennifer and Grayson live out of town. People that live out of other states. Like, you know, the Colbertsons and the Johnstons and, you know, the Sanders are far away. You know, your sewing and serving is being a part and interacting on the chat and then sharing it. Don't forget to do that. Yeah. That's a way to give. But definitely seek the Lord. You know, you never take a meal and don't pay for it. Even the meals you cook at home, you paid for those groceries. Yeah. But you don't. Uh, yes, people will gift you, but like you don't go places and eat a meal and be like, that was so good. Peace out. And you're gone. Like yeah. you pay for the groceries to fix the meal or you pay for a meal. Well, this is the feast of God's word. Yeah. So ask yeah. the Lord, not giving under compulsion. Again, if that's, if you feel compelled, you know, or feel under compulsion, don't do so. But mm -hmm. if you feel compelled by the Lord, I need to sow into this. 
And don't limit how you sow. Ask the Lord, what is it you want me to sow? Mm-hmm. And do do like Jacob or Joshua and Caleb and obey fast. Yeah, amen. Also, you can partner with this yes. ministry. And you can have a recurring gift every single month. We're cool partners. Yeah, you can have it. You can set it up to be automated where you don't have to do anything. It'll just, your seed will come into this yep. ministry every month. And let me tell you, if you're like, should I partner? I don't even know what that means. We did a broad, we did a series on partnership. It was so good. It was powerful. There is grace in partnership. There is a flow from heaven that comes through partnership. So I, even if it's not this ministry that you partner with, partner. Partner with a ministry. If this spirit filled ministry. Yes. Partner make sure to partner with a ministry because that will that will give so much of God's grace yes. to you, so much of provision to you. So don't miss out on partnership. And if the Lord's leading you to have it be here, then you can you can do that at givewww.org as well. So uh, we just want to bless the seed. If you'll bless the seed for everybody that's giving today. Absolutely. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you give seed to the sower. Lord, we thank you for every giver here today, every person that's watching this at any point in time and feel compelled by you, led by your Holy Spirit to sow into this broadcast and into this ministry. Lord, we thank you for their obedience. And Father, we call them blessed. We thank you that you bless those who bless others. You've created them, called them to be blessed, to be a blessing. And Lord, we call blessings upon their seed. Lord, let it go and expand your kingdom. Lord, let it go and cause salvations to be one because your word is ministered, Lord. And we thank you for it. We thank you for the fruit of that seed, the souls being saved, the kingdom being expanded. But Lord, we also thank you for the fruitfulness of that seed for the giver, that you bless them with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We thank you that you bless them. You cause so much to come in. They don't have room to take it in. Father, we thank you that you are a an above and beyond God, an above and beyond blesser, because you long for your people to be blessed to be a blessing. So I call them blessed today, blessed to be a blessing in every way. In Jesus' name, 